Hey, good morning, Journey. Good to be with you. How are we feeling this morning? All right, you're much louder than the 9 a.m., I figure. So good to be with you. My name is Alex Erlenbush. I am your downtown and digital pastor. It's so good uh, to be with you this morning, opening up the word. Uh, how many in here, by a raise of hands, know we're starting a downtown campus? Quite a few, quite a few. Okay, we have a little work to do, but in the coming months, you'll hear much more about it. Um, and this summer, we'll have some interest dinners, interest meetings uh, that everyone is invited to. But until then, you can do a couple things for us. And that is to pray, pray for downtown, pray for the hearts and the people of downtown, the kids of downtown, the college students that are downtown, the families, the businessmen, the leaders of downtown, that their hearts would, their heart would start to become ripe uh, soil for the gospel. We really believe that God is gonna do a great work downtown and we wanna be right on Main Street as a worship center that floods out on Sundays into the places and spaces of downtown. And not just Sundays, but we wanna build community and family down there so that any day of the week, someone that's far from God could come to know his love. And so you can be praying for the people of downtown. Also pray for yourselves and your family. God will tap many of you on the shoulder to come join us. And you can join us in many ways. Someone uh, the other day wants to start a community downtown. Amazing. Uh, I've met with other people that are like, sign me up for worship. I'm like, can you sing though? Uh, we, got, we got a place for everyone. We got a place for everyone. Creative, set up and tear down, worship, hospitality, kids. We're gonna have, uh, we're gonna have volunteer positions and places for everyone to use your giftings to serve the church and to advance kingdom downtown. And finally, the last thing you can do is come find me. Either after service, let's grab coffee. The oat milk lattes on me downtown. We'll go get it together or your coffee of choice. Someone knows what I'm talking about. And, uh, and we'll grab coffee, we'll connect. I wanna hear about your life, your family's life, your passions, how long you've been at Journey and how you might maybe wanna get involved. Would love to join you for a coffee. Uh, you can also just find my email on the website too, get a hold of me. Today, we're gonna be in one of my favorite texts, John 4, one of the most honest, raw, life-transforming conversations in the entire set of scriptures. If you're new to Journey, we open up the Bible every Sunday. This is God's word to us. This is us connecting our story to Jesus's story, our creator. We believe there's no better plan for your life and our life than the plan he has. And so we open up the word every Sunday as a way to remember the story of God alongside the people of God so that we might go out in our Monday through Saturday and advance his kingdom with love and raise up and build disciples in the places that he's called us to. And a lot for a lot of us, that's our homes. And so every single Sunday we open up his word because we don't think there's anything more important. And so I wanna pray now as we open the word that God would speak to each and every one of us. Father, thank you for the moments we share around your word. Thank you for the gift your word is to us. Nations come and go, cultures come and go, kings come and go. Your word endures forever. It is the 2,000 foot rock on which we stand today. In tumultuous times and changing times, we lean into you. I pray the loudest voice people would hear today would be your voice. Our ability to hear from you today has much less to do with my ability to preach and more to do with our willingness to listen. So we tune our ear to you. We ask you to speak and I pray, Spirit of God, you would divide this message up on the hundreds and hundreds of hearts that are in this room and the thousands more that are watching online for the word that we need to hear today, the good news that we need to hear today and the encouragement that our hearts desperately long for. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Again, John 4, Ooh, someone's clapping over the prayer, amen. We give glory to God for that. Uh, John 4, 
One of my favorite stories, I'll give you a couple more minutes to get there. This is my 10 minute introduction. A couple more minutes to get there. John 4, one through 42. Let's be honest about our lives. It's kind of hard to be honest, right? Honesty is a rare gift that some people give us. And I know we're coming out of a season of isolation. We're getting back into friendships and family and we kind of don't want to ruffle feathers. And so uh, maybe we haven't been honest with ourselves in a long time or had someone be honest with us in a long time. Honesty is tough. Honesty costs us something, but it can also drive us into deeper relationships. I'm thankful for the people in my life. My life is really the product of maybe five, six, seven voices that were connected to God, that spoke into my life, that pulled me up out of a ditch, quite literally, that set me on a new trajectory, that spoke hope into my life when I needed hope and was lonely, that spoke a new path and calling for my life when I had no idea what I was gonna do with my life. I'm the product of the voices God has used to honestly speak truth into my life. But honesty's tough. Honesty's tough because it costs us something. And just for the sake of honesty, let's have a little fun this morning. Uh, I'm not in the dating world anymore. My wife and I have been married for a year, but we were just talking about this week. Dating's tough in this 21st century world in 2021. And ladies, some of you need an honest voice about the guy you're dating right now. Amen? Your girlfriends are, yeah, are amen in it. Some of you need an honest voice about the guy you're dating. I know he cute. All right, but cuteness doesn't last forever. Cuteness doesn't wash you with the word. Cuteness doesn't grab your hand every morning and pray. Cuteness doesn't raise up small, little, tiny world changers that influence their classrooms, push back darkness, and advance the kingdom of God. As some of you spend so much time on the dating app, you need to either swipe left, right, or maybe right up out of the app into the Bible app. Amen? Okay. Let's pick on the fellas for just a minute. Uh, because we got the ladies there, uh, and now the ladies are like, get the fellas. Okay, fellas, many of us, many of us need to spend less time on the ESPN app or entertainment apps and way more time in the Word of God. Your wife does not need to know that you know the offensive line this fall for the Miami Dolphins. She, you don't need to know their names. You need to na- know the name of this gyra, this provider, this God who's spoken into your life. She needs you to know that you know God as healer, sustainer, provider for your family. She needs to see you on your knees asking God for guidance and wisdom on how to lead your family. She needs you to take her hand at the beginning of each week and say, what's going to be challenging this week, babe? What's going to, what are ways in which I can help you? What do we need to pray for and ask God for him to open up a way in our life? What about our kids? How in which do we need to pray for them this week? Man, some of us need some honest voices in our life. And I'm so grateful for my journey as a pastor, leader, father, husband, and friend. Oh, where I would be without honest voices. Oh, how far from God I would be without honest voices. And I continue to open up my life as best as I know how, because it can be scary to these honest voices in our life. The big hoss, as I call him, Brian Van Epps, Pastor Brian, uh, who rumbles these halls, was honest with me just this last week. He said, Alex, can I give you some honesty? I love the way he approached it. He's like, are you in a position to receive some honesty? I was like, dude, of course. You're the big hoss. I gotta listen to you. And he said, I want you to be open about what God's gonna do downtown. You, you're, you're pretty like line of sight. You see it, you go get it, you attack it, but be open. I think God's gonna do something that will even blow you away, buddy. I think God's gonna do something downtown. And if we're open to it, he said, 
will be way past our imagination, way past our ability to comprehend. So stay open, be open. That's a good leader spoken to my life. And Jesus is wanting to do that same thing in the life of the woman at the well in the middle of Samaria in John 4. That was like a 10, 12 minute introduction. If you're not to the, the, the text yet, I don't know what to tell you. Um, besides it, it'll be on the screen uh, right next to us here. Here it is, John 4, verse one. It says this, now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. This is interesting. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Verse four, I love this. It says, now he had to go through Samaria. No, he didn't. He didn't have to go through Samaria. In fact, most Jews didn't at the time. It's what I love about the details of the Bible. As you continue to unpack it and read it, you will know that the Jews had a long-standing hatred toward the Samaritan people. Most Jews, if not all in Jesus's day, would have taken the long way around Samaria from Judea to Galilee, the long road around. Why? Well, a little Jewish history 101, when the northern kingdom of Israel was conquered by Assyria in the day the Assyrians took captive Jews. And they brought back people to intermingle with the remaining Jews. And this intermixed race called the Samaritans is what came about. Jews had a longstanding hate towards this mixed race, this impure group. So much so that they went around them on their way from Judea to Galilee, a common road in the day. Jesus doesn't live by such restrictions. Jesus' love has no boundary lines. I love this about our king. He's trying to show his disciples in this moment, 12 Jewish boys, what it would look like to live in the kingdom of God, that in the kingdom of God, there are no boundary lines on love. And I wonder who those people are for us today. I wonder who we go around. Is it people that don't vote like us, that don't have the same political persuasion as us? Is it people that moved here like Californians, like myself, huh? I talked to some Californians after service, like, we just moved here. I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend you if I did. Montanans love Californians, by the way. I promise you. I'm from here. I'm from here. I moved to California. The glory of God hit my life. I knew this was big sky, God country, and I came back. And that's just a lot of people's story. So we welcome them. We welcome Californians. Who is it for you? People that have a different personality type as you. People that are just different than you. You're like, nah, no thanks, not them. Who are those people for you? I wonder in our life if the message of Jesus that he's trying to get across to his disciples is the same message he's trying to get across to us. And it's the first observation in this text that will lead into an application of this text. And it's this, that Jesus goes after the one and he will cross all boundary lines to get there. See, Jesus has a date with a woman at a well in the middle of Samaria and he's not gonna go the long way. He's gonna go right through the traditions of the past. He's gonna go right through the boundary lines that were set by the people that came before him. Our love needs to go right towards people that are nothing like us. There's at least one person in your life I pray that God highlights today that might be nothing like you as you leave here today that God's calling you to invest into God's calling you to pray for, God's calling you to text, 
to go to coffee. God's calling you to invite them to church or maybe you're gonna take church to them. You're gonna share gospel with them, this good news of Jesus' love for humanity. We all have one. Imagine if this entire room picked one person every week to invest life into, to invest honest truth into, to create a space for them to be known and loved. And then the next week we picked another person. And then the next week, another person. Revival would happen in the city before we could blink. I believe that. Jesus is showing us something, showing his disciples something. And although he was gaining popularity in the land, nah, it was time to go to one person at a time. He had so much popularity where he was, discipling, baptizing people. The most business people in the room, if you're anything like me, I'm like, Jesus, let's set up the PR campaign, bro. Let's do this thing. Let's monetize it. Let's get some momentum going. Let's get you on TikTok. Let's get you on Twitter, Instagram, whatever it takes. Let's get this thing moving. Jesus leaves the crowds for the one. He loves the 99, but he goes after the one. I really believe this in all of our lives. That if serving one person is beneath you, leadership will always be beyond you. If loving one person is out of your range, why would God bring thousands or hundreds or even tens to be under your leadership or discipleship? One person at a time. Jesus has a heart for the one. And as we seek to save and nurture and make spaces for people that are seeking to come to know Jesus in life. Wouldn't it be beautiful if they didn't have to believe everything we believe to belong to this family? I was talking with a a great couple this last week and we were talking about when did the disciples actually become disciples? When did they actually see Jesus as Lord and Savior? Well, many scholars would tell you not till after the resurrection, which tells me that Jesus spent three years helping these 12 men belong helping them feel known and loved, ironing out their sharp edges until they believed who he really was. Could it be the said about our church that we could invite anyone in this space? Could it be said about journey? In fact, I think it already is that our church is open to everyone, that we seek everyone. We seek to know and love everyone. We seek to create a space where people can belong before they believe everything. Jesus, in his great kindness and mercy, is seeking this woman at the well in the middle of Samaria, verse five. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sakar. Near the plot of ground, Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, showing his humanity, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy Chick-fil-A, to buy food. His disciples had departed and Jesus was there at the well in the middle of her story, in the middle of the day, which was not the time you went to the well. I spent some time in Haiti, two trips to be specific the last three years and women and their kids go to the well early in the morning because it's coolest part of the day, or sometimes late, late in the evening, afternoon. It's a part of their community. It's a part of how they know and accept each other. It's a part of how they live amongst each other. Going to the well was a communal aspect. It was part of the daily rhythm of both Haitian women in our day and age and Jewish women 
in Jesus' day and age. This woman was at the well in the middle of the day, in the heat of the day, which tells us one thing, something about her story had caused so much shame that she started to live in isolation. Shame will cause us to hide. And something about this woman's story, some wound in her past, something she was known by, known for, caused her to hide, caused her to go to the well in the middle of the day, the hottest part of the day. Isn't it just like Jesus to meet her there? And if you read the text too quick, like I often do, you'll miss it, but isn't it great that Jesus beat her there? He was already there. Isn't it great that Jesus opened up the conversation like a true gentleman? Here this woman comes to draw water that she would do every day a daily task for her. Jesus is waiting and willing to open up the conversation in your daily tasks each and every day. I have this picture of him just seeing her at a long ways off. Getting so excited in his heart because he knew this was the moment for her. He knew this was the moment shame was gonna come to die. He knew this was the moment her wounds were gonna be healed. He knew this was the moment that her whole world would change. He's in the everyday, gritty, earthy stuff of life. I'm so grateful for that our king surrendered his crown and got dirt in his fingernails. So grateful that our king surrendered his town and came not to be served, but to serve. Here he sits at this well, waiting for this woman whom he loved, and he opens up the conversation. Will you give me a drink, he says. The woman says in verse nine, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Don't you know? Jews don't associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't go thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, here it is, the honesty of our savior, the goodness of God, here it is, here it comes. He says, go call your husband. <laughs> she says, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right. You're right about that. You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five and the man you're with now is not your husband. What you've just said is quite true. This conversation was going so good. Jesus, why? <laughs> why get so deep? Why get so true? Why the honesty? Jesus is the perfect balance. Let me rephrase that. Jesus is the full embodiment of grace and truth. He knows that grace opens up a space for people to heal. He knows that truth sets people free. I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It is truth that sets you free. Grace is the perfect, Jesus is the perfect embodiment of both grace and truth. He's going after this woman's wound. He loves her enough not to just keep her there. An alternate story could have just been like, will you give me a drink of water? Sure. They have a, a chug, they clink glasses, they grab some water, they leave. The Samaritan woman kind of wonders, that was interesting, that was cool. I actually maybe was accepted for a moment. This isn't how the story goes. Jesus is going after, digging into the wound in her life that has caused her to live outside of community, that's caused her to be at the well in the middle of the day in the heat of the day. And Jesus goes after each and every wound in all of our lives because our wounds affect all of life. It affects our leadership. It affects how we father. It affects how we teach our kids. It affects how we are as friends. It affects our ability to give forgiveness. Some of us are carrying a wound today, whether we know it or not, that has some kind of effect on our life. I'm grateful for the people in my life that have spoken into it. One lady in which years ago, one of my friend's moms said, after she met me one time, she was bold enough to say, you, I think you got a hurried soul, dude. You seem like you have a hurried soul. And that haunted me for like two years. It's like, what does that mean, man? That's bold. But I know she loved me, so I'm kind of like, okay, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna receive it. I'm gonna pray on it. And come to find out, I, I go on a kind of a healing journey because faith in Jesus is a journey as we continue to glory, as we continue into eternity, Jesus is making us more and more like him, uncovering more and more of our wounds, insecurities, fears. And I would go on to kind of unravel that thread. You have a hurried soul. I hurry because I think I need to accomplish. I think I need to accomplish because I place value in that. I place value in that because in some part of my soul, I still don't believe I'm enough sometimes. And maybe some of you are nothing like me. Maybe some of you are a little bit like me though. That one word of truth led me to dive into, God, what would it look like to refresh and refine my identity as your son? That the work I do is not for my identity or for my value, but from it. That all I try to seek to accomplish every day would be done with the spirit of surrender instead of striving. Psalm 23, right? That Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He leads me to green pastures. He makes me lie down, actually, it says. Other versions say he leads me beside still waters. No more striving, son. That's what I felt him say this week. No more striving. There's no striving in my presence. And when you can come to uncover the wounds in your life, it'll help you to start live all of life with greater freedom, greater purpose, greater compassion, greater passion. Jesus is so honest with this woman. Jesus is so real with this woman. The second observation is simply this, that Jesus is uncovering what we're covering. Jesus is uncovers this lady's wound. She wanted to cover it. In fact, it's what kept her at the well in the middle of the day. And for many of you in here today, 
You long to be known and loved. I know this about you because this is what all of humanity longs for. And when I've sat across the table the last 10 years pastoring people, them opening up their life to me, people want to be known and they want to be loved. And if they have that, they can live a life that's fully transformed, full of purpose, full of identity. And that's what he wanted for this woman, Jesus. He didn't want to just leave her there without giving her her freedom. One of the saddest things in life is to see a Christian who's been forgiven of everything hiding because of something they think they can't share. And one of my favorite pastors, authors, and leaders says it like this, to be 99% known is to be unknown. Man, we all got a 1%. Some of our 1% is crazy, like mine. But we all have 1% that Jesus is constantly trying to uncover in us, constantly trying to heal. And if you knew how much you were loved, if you knew how much you were accepted, you would never not run to him. You would never not run to this living water. In fact, so many of us like this woman go to wells that continuously run dry. There's a natural well, the plural in life, and there's a supernatural well. This woman continued to go to the natural well where she would continue to have to pull up water and continuously every day have to go back. Jesus says, I have living water, eternal life. The Bible would go on later to say in the gospels, I have the words to eternal life. Jesus is the supernatural well that when we go to for healing, for guidance, for hope, for purpose, life never runs dry. And so for this woman, he offers this because she had been going to a well that was broken for too long. And many of us in our own life, we take our wound and we try to go to wells that will never satisfy. We try to medicate or educate or recreate ourselves in some capacity. And Jesus is the healing water that each and every one of us need. Now, I know that sounds a little abstract. Let me just bring it down to you. If you open up your life to Jesus, if you spend time with him, this living water, you're gonna become like him. As you become like him, you'll start to do the things that Jesus did. That's the life and journey of apprenticeship with Jesus. One of the best ways I've ever heard it said in life, this longing that each and every one of us have to be known and love is said like this. To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It's what we need more than anything in life. It liberates us from pretense, humbles us out of our self-righteousness and fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. This is the message of the gospel that Jesus' love story for humanity is that you are fully known and fully loved. No hiding. Forgiveness is freely offered, no hiding. Shame is carried on the cross, no hiding anymore. Jesus knows you most and loves you most. And for most of us, that's really, really good news. What's interesting about this woman is she's trying to process everything and trying to figure out, could this really be who I think it is? She changes the subject. Isn't it interesting when people get honest with us, we try and change the subject. 
Listen to this in verse 19. She says, sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. He just told her about all her husbands. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place we must worship is in Jerusalem. Often when Jesus offers relationship, we turn to religion. Often when Jesus offers his hand as a good shepherd and friend, we turn to what can I do actually to earn my way there? Every single one of us has a natural urge towards religion, towards earning. Jesus, in the glory of his story, opens up his life and says, I went to the cross for you. I went to the cross to forgive you of your sins. I went to the cross, though, for relationship. I died to get to know you. This is what he wanted for this woman. This is what he wants for every single one of us in here today. If you've been at church for 10 years, 20 years, or this is your first time, can you hear this today? That the gospel is not about doing more. It's about looking to the cross and seeing everything that's been done for you. And every day we wake up and we rehearse and we relive in this gospel story that we are loved despite us. We're loved not based on our loveliness, but God's goodness. And that goodness is coming towards each and every one of us in the mundane tasks of life every day if we have the awareness to see it, just like this woman. Jesus plays along with her for a minute, is patient, is kind to her. They start talking about where to worship. And then the the woman says, I know the Messiah is coming. She like almost gets it, but not quite. When he comes, he'll explain everything. I, I believe that. And Jesus declares, I, the one speaking to you, am he. And then the disciples, always messing things up, they come back and just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? And they must've given her a look. The Bible's not specific, but healthy conjecture might say that they must've given her a look because we don't associate, remember, with Samaritans, Jesus. And isn't it interesting that detail of the text it says she then leaving her water jar, the very thing she thought she was going to the well for that day. Her very livelihood. She just drops and leaves it. Don't need that no more. The woman went back to town and said to the people and hear the freedom in her voice, come see a man who's told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? Come meet a man who just took all my shame. Could this be the one that the scriptures talk about? Come meet a man who just set me free. You have to know his love. This is the story of all of us, that Jesus in one moment spoke a word into our life, a word into our shame of healing and forgiveness, touched us, set us free. And now our story is a testimony to others. What once was a wound for us is now our greatest place of worship. Because listen, some of us have wounds of addiction in here. Jesus set us free. We could have never done that on our own. That's glory to God. And as you proclaim that to the world that's literally stuck in addictions, you proclaim the good news that Jesus can heal them too. Some of us have trauma in here today. Some of us have trauma in here today, either something that's been done to us or something that we've done. I woke up with a heavy heart. I slept very little last night. I kept asking God, I was like, I need to get some sleep. (laughs) And I had this heavy heart. It happens every once in a while. And um, I think it was for someone in here. That's all I could 
explain it as, as someone came in here today with an incredible wound that's caused so much shame that you're living outside of the community of faith or you don't want to open yourself up to others or it's kept you from living the life that Jesus has called you to, this life of freedom. And some of you in here today, the wound that you carry, you don't even know you carry. And it's one of the most deadliest. And I would urge you and plead with you to open up your life to honest voices that care about you. Honest voices that are surrendered to Jesus, surrendered to praying for you. Do you know how much it would take for me to mess up my life right now? I have like five, six people that would be knocking on my door if they knew I did anything like I used to do. It would take me so much to ruin my life right now because I have healthy, honest, Jesus-loving voices in my life that say, Alex, not that way. Don't lead like that. Here's a way in which you can Love your wife. Here's a way in which you can love your kids. People that have gone before me, spiritual mothers and fathers, my own mom and dad, friends and family, that this spiritual family actually can become closer than some of your own blood family. And Jesus is trying to uncover what we're covering. He goes after the 1% because to be 99% known is to be unknown. And this woman's testimony, come meet a man who's told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? brings us to our last point, and we'll close here. Man, when you're healed, you just tell the story differently. When you and I have a moment with Jesus, like Zacchaeus, like the woman at the well, like the woman caught in adultery, like the woman with the female issue for over 10 years, like Peter after he denied Jesus, when we have a moment with the Lord where we see that we're fully known, fully forgiven and fully loved, we just start to tell the story differently. If you sit down with me, I could tell you about my past, where I've been, how I'm the most least likely candidate to be up here preaching the gospel, but God touched my life, took me in a different direction. I can tell the story differently now. I don't got to live in shame of what I've done. It's been paid for. It's been forgiven. I've been set on new ground. And so today, I want you to see that this story is twofold. It's one, a story about us. We're all the woman at the well. Going to wells that will continue to run dry for healing. And so in this next song, I just invite you, what if you, in the privacy of your own heart, just said, God, here's my wound. Here's the thing that's been keeping me from you, from community. Here's the thing that's been holding me back in life. Here's my greatest fear, my greatest moment of shame. Maybe some of you need to say, God, I don't know what my wound is. Would you reveal it through your spirit or the life of another believer? And many of us need to enter into community as Michelle was just saying. We need the people in our life that can be honest with us. And we receive honesty when we're 
when we know that we're known and loved. You'll receive that honesty, that truth, when you know that you receive grace first. Grace, friends, without truth is meaningless. Truth without grace is just mean. Jesus, the full embodiment of grace, truth, fully known, fully loved. I pray you would receive this word to your hearts today. I pray in this next song, you would consider what's my next step? Offer God my wound. Text someone, call someone after this and say, I need you in my life. Or maybe head out the doors to the right and Michelle's team will connect you to a community that's probably within five minutes of where you live. It's over 30 in the valley now. I believe that community is a great accelerator for our faith. Great accelerator for us looking more like Jesus. You can't walk with Jesus alone. It's not how he designed it. Because you need to be honest before others. Jesus uses people to speak words of truth into your life. Just like he did for this woman. And let it be said about this church that all of us, whether we have already had that moment or that moment's coming, would go back to our city, would go back to this valley, would go back to our office spaces, the places we live, work, and play and say, you have to come meet this man who's told me everything I've ever done. He fully knew me and he fully loved me. And Jesus, we praise you for your grace. We praise you for your goodness. You're good even despite us. I pray everyone that is in here today that came in with a wound that seems unbearable, would you lift it off of their spirit right now? And the work is just beginning. It's gonna take us coming back every day to the knowingness of your love. It's gonna be us surrounding ourselves with people that can remind us of the gospel good news that we're loved beyond our wildest comprehension, that God's love for us is not based on our loveliness, but based on his goodness. God, I pray your spirit would move through these halls, through these rows, and on people's hearts until they see this Jesus who knows them fully and loves them fully. And thank you for your word, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for engaging with this content. If it was encouraging to you, we'd love for you to leave a review. Hit that subscribe button and share this content with others. We'd also love to connect with you. The best place to do that is journeyweb.net. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Journey Church Bozeman and you'll find us there. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can do that now at journeyweb.net. Once again, thanks for engaging with Journey Church.